The game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Overtime Open Line is brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Three goals in the first period for the Boston Bruins. They go on to beat the Edmonton Oilers 4-1. So the Oilers 0-2 out of the gate, minus 6 in goal differential. Not good again tonight for the Oilers. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. It is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Centre. Well, Rob, I'm, I'm going to bring up a little item called game management first. And... Boston has a 3-1 lead after two periods. They're in control of the game. They didn't get a ton of scoring opportunities in the final two periods, but they're in control of the game. What possibly could have allowed the Oilers back into the game? Well, maybe a dumb penalty or two. The Boston Bruins took one penalty in the final two periods, gave the Oilers one power play. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, the Oilers obviously uh, did not score on that. Now, yes, the Oilers should have got another power play on the back of Slash, but whatever. They, they gave the Bruins, they gave the Oilers one power play. Game management, first period, Oilers are on the road, playing okay, playing okay. Your star gets a goal, and what do you do? You take a couple avoidable penalties, Boston cashes in both, and they get a lead, and they never look back. Well, and as Bob and I were saying right after the game, when you're playing against a good hockey club, You've got to play perfect hockey. When you're playing against a good hockey club in their home barn, you've got to play perfect. And the Oilers get off to the start they need. They get a, a break with their best player, gets a breakaway, he scores. You know, they're feeling good about themselves. Then Larson just takes a silly penalty. He, he, he runs a guy that doesn't have the puck and hammers him into the boards, and now you're down one, and they score. And then Jujar, and I understand you want to make a name for yourself, you want to be physical, but he goes and hits a guy right in the numbers from behind. Easy call. The, the referee's less than four feet away from him. Easy call. Now you're down 2-1 on the game. And uh, all of a sudden at that point, Boston's like, all right, we can play our game now. We have the lead. We can more or less stuff them. We don't need to force anything. Um, the Oilers just, uh, and, and you said it, game management. The, I think one of the biggest things that they lacked last year was good game management and we saw that where they'd give up a goal on the first shot of the game they'd fall behind early they'd take silly penalties uh a lot of that was just poor game management we saw it again tonight the team that won is a team that's going to finish in the top five in the nhl and why do they do that because they got good hockey players and they play the right way Boston winning it 4-1 over the Oilers. Connor McDavid with the only goal for Edmonton Ty Ratty and Darnell Nurse had the assists and the Oilers Again, Rob, for the second straight game, perhaps not as bad as the game in New Jersey on Saturday, but nowhere near the level you need to be at in the NHL, they can't pass the puck. They can't move the puck up ice with two or three sharp passes or you know good area passes where a guy can chase it and, and chip it in. I mean, they had, a, they had a lot of occasions. They, they might get it through the neutral zone, and then it's intercepted at the blue line. Or even right inside their own end, they're trying to pass through the neutral zone. And it, it's, it's picked off, and Boston would bring it back in the other way. And that's, to me, that's, that's really frustrating, because I know they wanted to work on that. They wanted to pass quicker. They wanted to do a better job of getting the puck up ice, and you just don't see it. No, and a lot of it is decision-making. You, if you have to think 
after you get the puck, you're in trouble because you don't have enough time. You got to know where you're going to go with the puck before you get it. And the other one is support. You know, the Boston Bruins, a lot of their passes are little chinks, little five foot pass, 10 foot pass to areas where they know their teammate's going to be. And you do two of those, that opens up the ice, and now you got time to make a play. If you're trying to make the perfect pass as soon as you get it, uh, you normally don't have the time that you need to do it. You've got to make two or three little support plays. And the other support, if you watch, the, if you watch from an overhead in the defensive zone, you'll, and the Bruins are in their zone, you'll always see three or four Bruin jerseys in the camera. With the Oilers, when the other guy has the puck, he's usually by himself, and that means he doesn't have su- support. So he's trying to make a 30-foot or, or 25-foot pass, and at that point you're going through sticks, and they're getting knocked down, or you don't see anybody, and this is what we saw most of the night, the Oilers don't see anyone, and they just dump it out into the neutral zone. The Bruins pick it up at center, throw it back, and here comes the forecheck again. So how do you how do you fix that? Is that... Is that uh, concentration? Is that attention to detail? Is that something the coaches have to adjust? Is that you know developing better chemistry with your line mates? How do you repair that? Well, a, a lot of it is communication. Uh, it's on. It's on the coaches. It's it, through video. I mean, here's what we need to be. You show the proper way of doing it, and then you show the way that the Oilers are doing it. Uh, and repetition, do it over and over in practice. But it. it, it a lot of it is. When players start cheating, they start cheating on the wrong side of the puck. So if, a, if a, say, a Darnell Nurse gets the puck below his goal line, the Oilers, a lot of them are, are leaving the zone because they're thinking, if I get behind the, my, my guy that uh, who's checking me and they get the puck to me, I'm going to be gone. But he's leaving a Bruin between him, Nurse, and the guy that he wants the puck to go to, and that's the problem. You've got to be on the inside so that it's a direct pass, and you don't see enough of that. You're hoping a play comes, and you can't hope in the NHL and have success. A lot to work on for the Oilers. The adjustment of the game for the Alberta College and Association of Chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. 4-1 Boston beating Edmonton tonight. On on the positive side of the ledger, and, and there, there wasn't nearly enough tonight, but the, the only time the Oilers, you, you really felt like something positive might happen was when McDavid... Nugent Hopkins and Raddy were on the ice. They're responsible for the goal. Nugent Hopkins hit the post a couple of times, once with the power play. But, but the, the the player who is is as or, or more involved than the other two on that line is 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 Ty Raddy, who can who continues to impress and and uh, really hold on to that spot on that line. Uh, he knows his role. He knows his role is to keep plays alive, uh, get the forecheck going, be physical when he has to, put pucks in area for areas for McDavid and Nugent Hopkins to find it. Uh, the the puck that. We thought at first went in, and eventually it was Nugent Hopkins and went post all the way across the goal line, and Char kept out. That was all ratty. Twice he kept the play alive and then made an absolute gem of a pass out to RNH in the slot. Um, they created. That line created every time they were on the ice. But as we're, we're saying right after the game with Bob, there was a dramatic drop-off when they weren't out there. And it was almost, if you're watching the game, you're on the edge of your seat when McDavid lines out there. Now, obviously, it's McDavid, so you're always going to be a little more excited. But as soon as his line goes out, you, you, can, you can read a book for a while because they don't seem to create anything else. Nothing else is going to happen. And they need to be better. I mean, Pugliarvi, who was an all-star in the preseason, haven't noticed him in two games. Leon Dreisaitl, uh, I know he had a goal and assist in the first game, but he's not driving a line like he needs to. He's not. He, he got outplayed tonight by Krejci. 
Yep. And, and you can. And, and Leon's making these low percentage individual plays again, and we saw that creep into his game last year. He can't do that. And then another one is Milan, who I th- parts of his game have improved. He's been much more physical, playing with a little bit of anger. But I bet you, and this is just from off the top of my head, three times tonight in the neutral zone, he tried beating a guy going between their legs with the puck. That's not what his role is. His role is to get the puck in deep and then go forecheck. But he turns the puck over at center. Now all of a sudden it comes back in here, and now you got to go the length of the ice again to create a scoring chance. So uh, offensively, there is nothing out of the nine forwards outside of the McDavid line. 4-1 Boston takes it tonight. Oilers are 0-2. If the Oilers ever score five in a game, we'll turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com, and then you can print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Three locations in Edmonton, downtown, south side, and north side. It is 8.02. If you would like to reach out, you can text 630-630. You can also call 780-496-0063. We'll bring Tony onto the show. Tony... It is uh, not a good week for your favorite teams, buddies. How, uh, buddy, how are you doing? Uh, beyond frustrated, to be honest. Uh, not many good things about have happened tonight for the Oilers. Um, the one thing that I've been wondering is, you guys can disagree with me if you guys want to, but the refing tonight was just horrendous. I'm sorry, but back should have been called for four minutes tonight for not only was it the splash, but it was also the, the crotchet that... Kajula. Lucic was tricked that led to the Nordstrom goal. And it's gotten to the point where it's like, hey, what are these referees watching? Because they obviously are watching this because Edmonton should have, should have had at least four power plays, and they had what? Two, three, maybe? The Oilers and were 0 for 2 on the power play. Boston was 2 for 4. And my other one was, people, you know, I didn't I didn't believe it when, when McDavid said it, because you know what? It's him. But Actually, the one thing I did see tonight was Lucic was actually skating a lot harder than he was last year. I think I think actually he has gotten faster. Yeah, his game is still somewhat down, but I think the fact that he lost however much weight he did has actually made him faster because he was actually keeping up with the Yamamoto and uh, Drysaitel, and he couldn't do that last year. It seemed like he was kind of just plugging it. What do you guys think? All right. Thanks, Tony. Well, the, the penalties, yeah, I, the the backest one, I said to Reed as soon as it happened, I said, that's a four-minute penalty. I mean, it was a, or a, a hackett job on the back of Kajula's legs, and you could see it hurt. Like, Kajula just went straight up when it happened. I, I don't know how they missed it because that's a play that two guys were going at it for quite a while. So now as a referee, you keep your eye on that to make sure nothing silly happened. Something silly happened, that should have been a penalty. Yeah. Other than that, though, I didn't think it was a poorly no, refereed game. No, I mean... I mean, that, they, they missed that one. It or was... Should have got a power play. At the but, end of the day, you know, the Boston Bruins were the better team, and they got the two points. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't... We will, I guess we'll slightly disagree with you, Tony. I didn't think it was a, a, a poorly refereed game, though that one call was missed for sure. Uh, we'll get to Ray on the phone line in a second, but right now let's go back to Boston. This guy hit two goalposts tonight, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, nothing serious. It's just, I mean, obviously it felt pretty good out there. Just... Uh, just maintenance right now, so um, had a few days to rest it and felt good out there today. How did it turn to get such a good start? And then you took a couple of penalties. And that's yeah, well, yeah, I mean, they got um, their power play is good. I mean, well, I mean, they're high end, high end uh, players, but that second one is just an unfortunate bounce. And then um, that uh, their third goal, I mean, it's uh, a bit of a breakdown for us, but I mean, we still 
can recover from that. I mean, that happens in games, so we got to be able to recover from that. Um, I think in the third, a lot of the game we played so well, it's, it's a little bit frustrating, but um, game two, you, you, we can't get frustrated right now. I mean, we need a response, and we got to get it going right away, and uh, it'll be good to put some games together here instead of having such a uh, big layoff now. So was the fast minute goal just a great individual effort? I mean, you're a real offensive player. You look at that like... I mean, I didn't see I didn't see any replays or anything, but um, from what I saw originally, it was a high high end play. But um, yeah, uh, guys can make yeah guys can make good plays in this league. It's uh, obviously you want to be able to stop them. Um, um, but I mean, it's uh, five on four, and um, we're trying to do the right thing. And he makes a good move, but um, I don't know. It's, uh, they got their two on the power play. Uh, we had a couple that were inches away. Um, so it's uh, here's a right, right along the goal line. Yeah. Um, even on the power play in the second, the one that squeaks through him instead of going straight back, it takes a, um, a turn there, but. Um, yeah, we, we just got to keep pushing through that. That happens in games, and um, if it's if we're not getting the bounces tonight, we can't get frustrated with it, and we got to push for uh, um, the bounces and the calls uh, next game. You got, uh, this, your team's got three goals this year. Been in on all three. Uh, looking at the score sheet, is it fair to assess that the rest of the guys got to produce? Need some people producing. Well, yeah, it's 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 also game two. I mean, it's. Um, we got a long ways to go. We have 80 games left, so um, guys will produce. Uh, we have the confidence in in this room to do that. Um, we saw it in preseason. Guys were challenged to do it in preseason, and um, they rose to the occasion. So it's a game two. We're not going to start panicking uh, just because we only have three goals, but uh, obviously we want to start producing more, and uh, we got to get that going right away. Great. All right, that's Ryan Nugent Hopkins for your Edmonton Oilers. He had a couple of chances tonight, but the Oilers only get one on the board. McDavid scored on an early breakaway. Pasternak, Marchand, Nordstrom, and then Bergeron into an empty net do the damage for the Bruins. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It is 807-780-496-0063. We have Ray on the line. Hello, Ray. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, doing great. Quite a, quite a game. Um, I, I Was Dreisaitl playing tonight? Yeah, we hear you, buddy. We were talking about him earlier. Not good enough. Oh, I'm telling you, I I, I couldn't believe the way he, like, he's, he's not even skating or nothing. I couldn't, like, that. it kills me to watch him when he's like that because he's, he's such a good player. I don't know what it is. It's, it's, it's upstairs or what the heck's going on with this guy. I Honestly, Ray, I think when he gets frustrated, he tries to make too many individual plays. Well, he played the puck like it was a hot potato. He didn't have that thing on the stick two seconds. I mean, I think the longest he ever had it. He did, as soon as it was tossed to him, he was tossing it off. It was just, he didn't have no drive in him at all or nothing. I can't believe that guy. No, he didn't have a good Honestly, night for so sure. frustrating. Yep. See that talent like that. Like, oh my God. All right, thanks, Anyways. Ray. Okay. All right, that is Ray, 780-496-0063. You can also uh, text... 6.30, I have a text here from Lamont who says, looks like the same old hockey, but I'm trying not to panic. I wonder if the team is tired from being home for so long. I think it's stupid to play hockey in Europe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have, you know, I have had people ask me that even, you know, late in the summer looking at the schedule coming up. You know, why bother going over there? Look, they, I, I said this <laughs> earlier that every NHL 
team would say, yeah, that's a good idea, just not us. <laughs> well, <laughs> but no. I, I don't, I don't want to use that as, as an excuse for the Oilers. Mo- most I mean, teams would want to do it for the experience, but there is going to be a fatigue problem. It's going to be, I mean, I, I just went to Europe and back, and every night I went to bed when I got home at 9 o'clock, I was exhausted. And I did nothing over there that would, other than drink and... And stay up and do silly oh, stuff. So like these you're guys not are in your NHL shape anymore. Rob. I am. Yeah, no, I'm nowhere close to that. Uh, so I can understand how tough it is for these guys coming back. Having said that, every year teams do it, and the New Jersey Devils they just did it as well, and they came back. And at last we heard they were smoking in their game. Were they beating up on Washington tonight? It was like four or five nothing at one point. So I don't think you blame it on that. But yeah, it is tough. It's tough on the athletes. Um, they, their schedule, they try to work it out. They have them playing out on the East Coast to help with the time change. They have a long break over there coming back. They talked about the fact that they are, uh, they're feeling better. They're getting good sleeps. Uh, but at the end of the day, it is tough on the teams that have to do it. 4-1 Boston wins tonight. Connor McDavid gets his first goal of the season. Looked good for the Oilers early. Back to Boston. Here's the captain. A lot with their fourth final as well. Uh, now they got two uh, two towers back there. Right to play how do you like? I know you look for positives. That's what you got to do after something like this. How do you uh, take it into the start? Turn it into something good in New York. Yeah, you know, like you said, we got uh, we got two games left on this road trip, and uh, we got to make the most of it. Um, yeah, nothing more to say than that. All right, that's a little bit from uh, Connor McDavid as the Oilers lose 4-1. Uh, this texture says, rough start to the season. Hope the boys can salvage a 500 road trip. Not sure who they would replace him with, but I think they should sit Benning for a couple of games. He's getting outplayed by every defenseman, including Bouchard, of all people, and has been a liability in both games. Well, I mean, Jason Garrison would replace mm-hmm. uh, Benning for the, for the oh, time. And... I, I wouldn't be shocked if that's the case. And uh, simply, not even looking at the play of any of the players, Todd McCullen doesn't like guys having to sit for a long period of time. It's been a long time since Garrison has played. Uh, and if you look right now at the body of work over the first two games, uh, Benning has not been at where he needs to be. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Centre, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Lifting off the left-hand glass, tapped by Marchand, and now breaking free, Pasternak left circle, cuts in and kind of ran out of real estate, then moved it in front, quick shot, what a save made by Talbot on Marchand, and that's the save that keeps Edmonton in the game. And that is also the save of the game for Jiffy Lube, keeping you moving to and from the game, jiffylubeservice.ca, Cam Talbot tonight. Faced 31 shots, he stops 28. Yarrow Halak stops 25 of 26. The Bruins score one into an empty net as well. 4-1, the final, uh, the final in favor of Boston. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for uh, tuning in. It is 8:15. I want to remind you, on uh, Saturday, we'll have a doubleheader here on 6.30, Chad. 9.30 for the face-off show. 11 o'clock, the Oilers game starts against the Rangers. Rob and I will do overtime open line until 2.30. Then we'll pass the ball over to Morley and Dave at Commonwealth Stadium for the countdown to kickoff at 2.30. And then the uh, game between the Oilers and the Red Blacks will start at 3. So the Oilers uh, have scored three goals in two games. The Eskimos have not scored a touchdown in three weeks. It's great, everybody, isn't it? Everybody smile. It's coming. It's coming. So, So you're saying it's an important day Saturday in the Edmonton sports world. 
Well, I don't. I can think of far more important days, but <laughs> it's it's a day where it'd be nice to see some progress. It'd be nice to wake up Sunday let morning me, with a couple let, of wins. Let me put it that way. Well, yeah. It'd be nice to have Saturday night with a couple of wins. Both games are going to be done by 6. Well, Saturday night's still going to be a good night. Let's be honest. We're going to have a good time. But Sunday morning waking <laughs> up, it'd be nice to wake up with a couple wins in our belt. Uh, 4-1 Boston wins uh, tonight. Uh, again, power plays 2-4 uh, for four for Boston, 0-2 for two for uh, Edmonton. So the special teams aren't exactly coming around either. And uh, the Oilers outshot again, didn't have possession of the puck. Uh, not a lot uh, going on here. All right. Well, there's going to be a lot going on with this phone call. It's JP for the first time this season. Hello, JP. Hello, Reed. Hello, Rob. How are you tonight? Doing great. Good, good. But, uh, we talk about Saturday night, Rob. I'll tell you, damn right, it's going to be a good night regardless of the win-loss call him. I'll tell you that right now. I'll be right on the, right on the best that day. I'll tell you right now. But, uh, and speaking of which, speaking of drinking, Rob, I tell you, you're a walking zombie coming back from Europe. I guarantee it. I guarantee this. <laughs> but you guys, let's get down to brass tacks. Let's get down to brass tacks. The problem with this team is the work ethic. One second they're flying, the next they're, uh, they're like a stock market, this team. I'm telling you, they're like a stock market. Drake Ajuna looked like a lost child at the theater. Doesn't know where to go. And then Alexi sticking on data packet. I just, it just makes no sense to me. This team is inconsistent. The work ethic needs to be up a few notch and everything will even out. I can't wait to party Saturday. Rob, I need your autograph. Thank you. There you go. JP needs your autograph. Maybe he can mail you a hockey card to sign, like that stack of mail from the summer I brought you today. Uh, or a bottle of his wine. I sign one of those for him, too. <laughs> that would also work. Mm-hmm. That would also be nice indeed. Well, it's, you got something to look forward to. We've never actually met JP. No. Well, although, uh, as you were telling me earlier, that we're doing our games in a different spot this year. We are going to be doing uh, home games with the new, uh, well, it just was announced opening today. It's opening for the home opener one week from tonight, Studio 99, uh, new bar at Rogers Place. Uh, we're going to be doing face-off show and overtime open line from there. I'm sure we'll meet a lot so of our friends that call in. They'll stop by and say hi at uh, Studio 99. Looking forward to it. Well, that'd be nice. 4-1, the Bruins win tonight. Haji says, guys, as you touched on, this team is not grasping whatever system they are being taught. The assistant coaches are new, so I surmise some new systems have been implemented. However, the special teams, D-zone coverage, and breakouts continue to be left wanting. Much of what plagued the team last year has carried over to this year. So is it system issues or player personnel issues? Who gets a bonus point for using the word surmise in a text? <laughs> um, well, anytime you have a system that is not being properly utilized then that's uh, that's on the players. Um, I, and there's things that we saw tonight that uh, players know they're not supposed to be on the wrong side of a, of of the, the opposition player. They know they need to support better. They know where they have to be on the forecheck. And if they're not doing it, it's not, you don't blame the system on that. I mean, go back to the New Jersey game. Leon Dreisaitl, the first goal, was on the wrong side defensively. That's that's. There's no system in the league. Not one coach has ever had one where he says, "Okay, cheat and hope the puck gets bounces over his stick." Right. So that that's on the players. So what we've seen through two games to me is all on the players. They got to be better. This team, I do not believe, and I've said this before, I do not believe this team was as good as it was two years ago. 
but they were certainly a lot better than they were last year. They're somewhere in between, and they got to find that. And actually, JP touched on it. Consistency. There's, there's flashes where the Oilers have looked good, but they don't do it on a consistent basis. And the best teams, the playoff teams, the Bruins, the Penguins, uh, the, the Sharks, the Ducks, they are consistent. They may not have as high a ceiling every night, but they're consistent. They do the little things right. And if you want to be a championship team, you've got to consistently do the little things. And right now, the Oilers aren't. 4-1 Boston wins as we look at the scoreboard courtesy Edmonton Trailer. Drive away with your newer used trailer. Head to edmontontrailer.com. In the third, the Kings lead the Canadians 3-0. Blues are up 5-1 on the Flames. Predators with a 2-0 edge on the Jets. Blackhawks lead the Wild 3-2. These are all finals. Avalanche pound the Sabres 6-1. Blue Jackets edge the Panthers 5-4. Devils shut out the Capitals 6-0. Rangers beat the Sharks 3-2 in overtime. Time. Penguins over the Golden Knights 4-2. Golden Knights 1-4 out of the gate. Maple Leafs are 4-1. 5-3 winners in Detroit. Matthews scores twice. He has 9 on the season. And the Canucks get to 2-2, two two, beating the Tampa Bay Lightning on the road 4-1. Jake Vertanen gets his second of the season there. And uh, Thursday night football, second half just starting. It is the Eagles 24, the Giants 6. 7-8-0-4-9-6-0-0-6-3. We have Travis hanging on. Hey, Travis. Hey, how's it going? Doing well. Um, so I just had a couple of things. My main thing was about the offense and the second line, but I just wanted to talk about, uh, remember the new rule that they put in about, um, you know, taking helmets off when fighting? Yeah, it's been yep. around for a while. Yeah, so, like, um, you see right away when Carr is ready to set up the fight, he pops his uh, his pin strap right away. That's kind of the gentleman thing, you know, this, this game fighting everything to do with the fighting now it's all been gentlemen's most of it anyways you know people pat each other on the butt after a fight you know no uh, you know no grudges after and that's part of the thing now where they you undo your strap you see car in the fight the guy he goes in fight doesn't take his strap off can't get his helmet off and then he kind of hurts his hand there a little bit that's something that's got to get around the league more if you're going to stand up square off uh, undo that strap and go at it that was my first point but i wanted to talk about the, the second line again and that was, uh, it's, I wanted to, everyone on that, on the whole team is who is the best player that can play that position? Who is the best player that can play the right second line on that team? Is it Yamamoto or is it Pooley uh, the Second best player, or who's the, for the second line left wing, who's the best left uh, winger that could be playing that other than Nuge? It would be Reader. The puck has died too many times on Luch's stick this year. And just right, even at the start, I mean, this game was like 27 uh, takeaways right away. I don't know. What do you think? Like, do you think this is the best team that we should be icing for the second line? Well, the original line was Reader, Lucic, and Dreisaitl. But Yamamoto worked his way up there during the preseason to the right wing. Reader yeah. was originally the right wing on that line. That's why Reader was brought in here, was to be the right winger to play with Leon Dreisettle, the German connection. They liked his speed, but Reader did not do a whole lot in the preseason, and Yamamoto was all world. Now, uh, none of these are, are, are written in stone, these lines. Uh, Pooley Arvey, honestly, he had a, a good preseason. He's been invisible in his two regular season games. Invisible. I, I Honestly, I don't remember... More than one shift good of him players tonight. Need to play with good players. Uh, yeah, but is Pulley a good player yet? 
We have we haven't seen him with John. Well, we, you know, you, we, there's a puck carrying aspect of it. Is, is he smart enough? Is he serious. is he smart enough to play with Leon Draisaitl? I think he is, and we don't we haven't seen it yet. Oh, well, we, we saw puck carriers through the neutral zone playing together. I, I honestly I, I disagree with you on Puliyarvi. I don't see a player yet. I just don't. And now is Yamamoto going to be there all year long? I don't know. And uh, yeah. he, he slowed down, yes. It, it, real season is way different than preseason. We saw that last year with Yamamoto. We've seen it this year. He's going to be a good hockey player. He's smart. But is he there yet? That's a lot of pressure on a young guy coming out of junior to play in that role. He's playing against good players. I don't know if he's the answer. But so far, Pugliarvi, in the, the seasons that I've seen him, I don't know if he is either. All right, Oilers lose 4-1 to Boston. Back to the TD Garden. Here's head coach Todd McClellan. Right than we did in uh, in Sweden by a long shot, but we still didn't play well enough to win. A uh, couple, uh, well, one bad break on the, the penalty kill, obviously, that hurt. Uh, but we didn't create a lot of offense early in the game, and then when we finally did, the um, bounces didn't go our way in and around the crease. So, but we've got to do some things better early in the game to uh, to stay in it. Do you feel like the, kind of the game and your team picked up its intensity as it went along, some of the guys getting more and more involved? That- the game was sort of there to be won with a little bit of luck. Well, I thought we had a the start that we wanted to have. Um, you know, that's been a concern for a while with our team. We got off to a, a good start, got the lead, got into penalty trouble uh, in the first period, and they capitalized on it. And uh, then when we had our chance to potentially come back in the first and, and kind of sway the momentum, we took a penalty on our power play, and uh, that killed things for us at that point. But, um, you know, still not enough uh, offensive uh, opportunity from, uh, you know, sprinkled throughout the lineup tends to come from two or three different players and uh, still giving up a few too many chances again. So we've got things to work on and things to fix. Maybe just a comment on the defense. I know you were tweaking some things on the lineup today. How do you feel that they played? The back end uh, as a whole? Well, you know what, they are uh, they did some good things and then they, they've got some things to work on just like the forwards and the goaltenders and the coaching staff. When it comes to offense, it's only two games, so I just wonder, you know, how you approach three goals in two games, knowing that you've only had 120 minutes of hockey so far. Well, not enough. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, the, the true grade-A chances are only coming from uh, three or four different individual players, and uh, it has to get a lot deeper than that for us to have uh, offensive success. And, and that can come from the blue line, uh, the defenseman. That can come from uh, wingers on, on different lines. Um, it seems when we get a little more desperate or fall behind, we, we find a player or two offensively, but we need them early in the game as well. How crucial is a good start to the team's success down the road? Uh, are you talking start of a game or start, start of the, of the season? season? Well, real important, obviously. Any team uh, that can get off to a good start uh, puts himself in a good position, and, and we're 0-2 right now. Both both losses on the road. We're not happy about that, but uh, we've got to keep pushing, and uh, we'll have a big game Saturday against the Rangers. Um, Drake wanted to be noticed. Obviously, he's sitting on the first game. I thought he was very noticeable. Yeah, he was a very competitive player tonight uh, in a lot of different areas. He, uh, you know, he was the one that. Um, played with a spark, played with a lot of energy and a lot of passion, and uh, showed that he wants to stay in the lineup. And when you get that goal from Connor off the hop, you think, okay, this is the night. Well, we thought we... The penalties just... Well, the penalties deflated us, and it was... um, you know, it was the two goals that they scored on them, and now, now we get a chance on the power play, and we take a penalty there too. So, uh, any type of momentum that we could maybe gain back, we we 
we sat in the uh, penalty box and sat it out. So, um, you know, we can give up the first one, although it was poorly played. Uh, The second one, we shot in our own net. That happens sometimes. Um, You know, so those are situations that we have to recover from, but uh, the penalties did slow us down and gave them uh, some momentum. Yeah, well, we cheated a little bit. There was a 50-50 puck, and and in fact, they were cheating as well, and their cheat beat our cheat. Um, You know, they ended up with a three-on-one. Everybody was on on the wrong side of the puck on both teams, Uh, but they took advantage of that situation, and and they... uh, they scored. Do you find that when your team's playing well and doing things right that you get those breaks that that puck on the line goes in and when you're not playing well you don't get them? Uh, I think that's too easy to say. Um, you know, I've seen nights where uh, teams have been red rotten and, and you know, f- get a break, get a bounce, and, and you leave. And usually the coaches are saying, hey, we stole that one. We're going to throw the video out. We're not going to look at it. So I don't completely buy into that, that theory. Um, you wanted more from your third and fourth line, did you? I thought we got a little bit more than we did Obviously over. Creek. Yeah, a little bit more than we did over uh, overseas. So that's a step in the right direction uh, f- for those units. Kids, Yamamoto and Jesse, struggled a bit. Oh, they're they're still young. They're going to have those nights. We're putting a lot of pressure on uh, yeah. on Raddy, on uh, Yamamoto, on Pulleyarvi, on you know young right wingers that are playing in the the top. Uh, three, six, and nine, and um, you know they uh, they had good exhibition seasons. Some of them have had some good good moments and games here, but it's a little different game when the the regular season starts. So was the goal by Pasternak just the goal by a highly skilled offensive player? The the first one yeah. you're talking about. Well, we scores, scores we didn't like play it really well. Uh, we didn't defend it really well. He's you got to make him shoot the puck there or pass it off, and uh, he was able to to walk around a D man of ours and and uh, create his own scoring chance. So. All right, head coach Todd McClellan. The Oilers lose four one in Boston. We have Sirius Gord up next on the line. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center. This is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 6.30 chair. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. 8.33, final score, Boston Bruins 4, Edmonton Oilers 1. McDavid scored on a breakaway, 3.43 in. Then Pasternak on a power play, Marchand on a power play, Nordstrom on a 2-on-1, Boston up 3-1 after 2, Bergeron sealed it with an empty netter. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, thanks a lot for tuning in. Phil texting 630-630, he says, the group is not strong enough to overcome adversity. If such is the case with two performances back-to-back, what does Peter Shirelli do? Uh, Personally, I hope he is fired. I find it hard to believe he's still a GM in the NHL after all the horrendous trades he has made in his career to top off to top it off uh, he has uh, bad negotiation skills and has poor asset management skills too that is a text from Phil to 630-630 alright we have Sirius Gord on the line who originally said he wasn't going to call until 10 games into the season <laughs> then he called after the season opener and said he would wait another 8 or 9 games but now he's calling again you know why Rob? because that's how much he likes talking to me I just thought he was confused <laughs> also I possible. I, I have I have some timers. Sometimes I forget what I said. Um, <laughs> I like that one. I, I might use that one with my wife. Then go for it, man. I stole it from somebody else. I, didn't, I certainly didn't think of it. First off, I want to ask Rob a question. Rob, I mean, you you worked uh, played many years in the NHL. There must have been times when you looked at the schedule at the start of the season and said, "What in the 
eight seed double two sticks where they think. Yeah. I'm looking at I'm looking at the schedule, and if I'm not mistaken, there are teams that have four games in the bag. Yes. And we've only got one. Um, if I was the players' union, I would be bringing this up at the next uh, negotiation. That you know you can't have that kind of spread between teams. As a fan, it's frustrating as all get out because you're not seeing any kind of parity in terms of okay, we've all played roughly the same number of games. And now I look at the schedule, and they play Boston next week. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. And then when... they play they play Chicago on the 28th, and they play them again the following week. And Nashville, they play on Saturday, and they play the following Saturday. Right? What what are they thinking? This is just beyond me. It's tough, and this isn't something that you just people in oil country are saying, and you think, oh, it's just a homer saying their schedule's bad. You you, you listen to the the national broadcast, and they'll talk about it. You listen to TSN, you listen to Sportsnet, they'll talk about it. How the Oilers have this tough schedule, and, and they've got to somehow find a way to come out of it 500 and not be chasing the rest of the year. Uh, yeah, it, it may, you know what, if you, it's tough enough that you got to go to Europe, and then you come back you know, throw a couple softies in there, too. Like, don't bring them back, but and now all of a sudden you're playing. Here's the thing, guys. Like, New Jersey won 6 nothing tonight. No, nope, I agree. So I, I don't... No, you know. but, the, but the schedule is tough. Like, look at the, look at the, who the Oilers are playing. There's no oh, soft games. It's not just the toughness. It's just the ir- irrationality of it. Why would we have all the Boston games done by the first week of, this game, of, the, of the year, right? And why are we going to have all the... Those are quality teams that we're mm-hmm. never going to see if, until... Ever. Oh, I see. Well, yeah, yeah. I know sometimes you, the, yeah, they don't play an East team all year, and then they play them on a Saturday and a Wednesday, and that's that's For the season sure. series. Yeah, you know, and those are two home games. They could bring in some other Eastern teams. Surely, the goodness. I mean, it just, I don't know. Anyway, that's um, okay, Gord. You got anything else? Quick, quick before you yeah, go. Sure. Uh, basically, they are what we thought they were. If they're not playing at a hundred percent, they're not going to beat any playoff grade teams. And I'm going to call my shot if that's okay, Reed. Yes. For the year, this will be my call. Okay, that in the fullness of time we will come to see that Drysital is the worst overpay in Oilers history, worse than Horikov. I'm looking at you've got 12.5 million going to McDavid, eight and a half million going to to Drysital. He is never going to be 68 percent of uh, McDavid in, ter- in terms of if you're doing a dollar to dollar ratio. There, he is a massive overpay. And if that pisses him off that he hears that people are that upset with him, so be it. But <laughs> All right. this, this is a mess. Okay, so, Th- thanks, anyway. Gord. Okay. Thanks. Appreciate it. 780-496-0063. We are going to uh, bring Glenn on to finish the play. Glenn, would you, would you like to have your name put in a grand prize draw for a, a one-hour rental at Fast Track Indoor Karting? I guess I would. <laughs> yeah, just thank you. Just always say yes when we're giving you a chance to win something, Glenn. Uh, this is from Fast Track Indoor Karting, safe, adrenaline pumping, fun. FastTrackKartingEdmonton.com. Go ahead, Kellen. The draw clear by Reader, and having trouble finding the puck was Pasternak. Reader pounces on it, short hit it, breakaway. Did he score? Uh, I'm going to say no. The draw clear by Reader, and having trouble finding the puck was Pasternak. Reader pounces on it, short hit it, breakaway denied. Yaroslav Halak, a huge stop. Oilers could have used that one down two in the third. Rask star, uh, Halak stops Reader, and Boston goes on to win 4-1. Now, from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chan.
thanks for joining us tonight. It is 8.41. Boston Bruins 4, Edmonton Oilers 1 is your final. James says Gord was serious until his last statement. Can't wait to hear what he has to say Saturday afternoon. Uh, this texter says, can you speak briefly on Bouchard? I think he has shown he is already Edmonton's best defenseman. He knows what to do with the puck, and he knows how to read the play to put himself in the best position to make the easy play. Well, I think we've got to slow down there. He's, uh, about him being the best defenseman, he is very good with, with the puck, though. He is, uh, but you saw a couple mental mistakes today. He, he uh, Stepping up when he shouldn't, um, being on the wrong side defensively, and those are expected. Uh, this is a huge jump up from where he was playing last year. And, and you got to remember, too, defensemen in junior hockey on good teams that are very good offensively, they don't defend a lot. He would not have had to defend a lot in junior because he was so good offensively, and his team was he was always with the puck offensively. It's like most offensive players that are superstars in junior, when they come to the National Hockey League level, most of them don't know how to play defense. Because they've never had to. They've never been asked to because they've always had the puck. Well, that's where he is at, too. So he's not only learning to play defend at the National Hockey League level, he's learning to defend properly. And there's going to be mistakes. And the Oilers understand that. But with the puck on his stick, he is a good hockey player. And he's going to be very good for the Oilers. Uh, I don't know if he'll surpass the nine-game mark here. But he's going to get every opportunity just because other players are not playing up to their potential right now. Uh, Richard says, no more JP or Sirius Gord. Give other people a chance. Well, I got the phone number, Richard. (laughs) I'm looking at the board. Everybody that calls in gets on the air. Every single person. And Aaron is up next. Hey, Aaron. Hey, how's it going? Doing quite well. Nice to hear from you. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, tell Richard, uh, it's my first time ever calling and got right on the line. Oh, good stuff. Take that one. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) yeah, no, um. I don't know, I was watching the game tonight, I figured rather than focus on what's bad, let's talk about what was, what's actually looking kind of good this year. And first and foremost, I mean, you look at Darnell Nurse, he's, uh, he's starting to look like a faster skating poor man's Chris Pronger. Like, plays mean, good passes, and it looks like he's got a good head on him, so that's, that's an upside. And Ty Ratty, like, I don't know, he's, uh, he's pulling little spin moves that set up for McDavid, like, that's, <laughs> that's not something he's you plan out that's just uh that's intuition right so that's uh i don't know there's a couple of couple of little bright spots popping out tonight and i mean you can talk about that jersey game all you want but they just smoked the devil or they just smoked the capitals mm-hmm. uh six nothing fresh off uh fresh off the same sort of flight back in so that's, that's the defending cup champs that they just took to town so i mean yeah. you about that. thanks Aaron. yeah you're right and i i don't know if we gave enough credit to the type of team new jersey is they're a playoff hockey club that uh, they look fast, and obviously they they were a little too quick for the the Washington Capitals tonight. Uh, Nurse needs to take big strides this year. They they certainly need with Secker out of the lineup. They need him to be a stalwart. And we saw flashes of it last year. I think he faded at the end of the season. Uh, but we saw. I think it was tonight. He made a real one really nice little nifty play in the offensive zone. I think that's the next step he has to take. He's very good at transporting the puck from his end to the offensive end. But he needs to make that next play, the next one where he, he, he gets the puck on and he gets the puck to someone in a scoring chance. We haven't seen that yet. As for Raddy, I think Raddy has been in the top three best players in both games for the Epton Oilers thus far. Live from the Osmond Auctions Broadcast Center, this is the Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio. 
630 chat. Hey, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Oilers not good enough tonight, losing 4-1 to the Boston Bruins. Connor McDavid had Edmonton's only goal. Raddy and Nurse got the assists. We have Dwayne on the line. Hello, Dwayne. Hey, guys. You know, you need to change the name of your show to Overtime Oilers Counseling Line. <laughs> That's all right. Good idea. i got a question for you, but just, you know, in jest here, you know, I feel like... Uh, Randy Quaid on uh, Major League Two singing vile thing, you know? It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid this year, boys, so I'm going to ask a really simple question. Where do you think we are at the end of this 10-game stretch? you think we're 2-8, and 3-7, and 0-10? Uh, I don't think they'll be 0-10. Where you think we're at? Like they've got, they've got a. I don't, Dwayne. I'm not make like I'm not frustrated with you, but I mean, you know, I mean, I make a prediction, and you know, then people, the everybody that don't li- doesn't like the prediction, which is going to get ninety be ninety nine percent of people are going to get upset. I thought the Oilers could make the playoffs this year. Uh, I predicted that before the season, so I mean, I don't know. They have they have they haven't started well. That's all I can tell you. It's a tough stretch. They're playing good hockey clubs right now. They have to play better than they've played in the first two games if they want to get out of this stretch five and five. They're playing the top ten of the league right now. Yeah, they're playing. I mean, the Rangers are not a good team, or not as good a team as some of the other ones, and they play them on Saturday. And then Chicago's the yeah. fifth game. And Chicago started off well. Taves, who everyone had started to write off, is having a great start to the season. The Blackhawks, I think. They've only got a one overtime loss on the year. They're playing good hockey. So there's no there's no weak games. There's no weak sisters anymore in the National Hockey League. If you don't bring your A game, you're going to get beat. The Oilers like for that. the Oilers they need they need their A game each and every night. And sometimes their A game is not going to be good enough. But I don't know I if know. we've seen their their A game yet this year. I know their uh, fans are going to hate this, but I see two and eight for the first ten. If they're two and eight, then they're going to find themselves in uh, a big big hole. A huge hole. Oh, yeah. If they're 2-8, and eight, they're done by Christmas. If they're 2-8, and eight, they're done at the end of October. Okay? Let's be clear. All right? Thanks, Dwayne. Yeah, have a good night. Uh, Mike from Ottawa is on the line. Go ahead, Mike. Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing great. Boy, yeah, I hate to follow up on another depressing call after the last one, but uh, feeling the same kind of <clears throat> looking for reasons of hope. I mean, I live in Ontario, right? Um, I got to deal with Leaf fans, and I realize there's Leaf fans across the world, and there's a lot in in um, in Edmonton. And, I, you know, I don't like the Flames either, but I, I hate the Leafs about as much as I hate the Flames. And a couple of years ago, we're looking at our teams, and we're like, okay, you know, we got the Leafs, we got the Oilers, the Young, these are the two up-and-coming teams. You know, the, I convinced my kids, like you could almost say brainwash my kids in Oilers <laughs> fans, right? <laughs> and I told them, you know, hey, we got McDavid. Like, they like, yeah, I grew up with Gretzky and the boys. You know how it is. And uh, you guys are going to grow up with McDavid and Drysaddle and the boys, and it's going to be great. And they're like, yeah. And the 2016 season comes where, like, everything's rock and rolling. And then last year happens. We all know what's going on there. But, like... My, all, all my friends, you know, this year, you know, Leafs are, you know, they're going to do well. I'm like, yeah, they're going to score goals. Probably, you know, they're going to make the playoffs. Don't know if they're going to win the cup because, you know, they got the defensive issues. But, 
I mean, get, throw me a bone here. Like, I got nothing. I got to meet up with the guys. We got to jam in our band this weekend. They're all Leaf fans. They're going to be talking like Matthews, 10 points, you know, four games, goals coming out of his yin yang. Tavares is scoring like it's no tomorrow. Yes, McDavid's doing good, but that's the only guy that's doing good. Like, Dry Saddle's not doing anything. Nobody else seems to really be doing much. And um, I'm just looking for some reason for hope here because it, it seems like there was, there was this equal path that the, the Leafs, excuse me, I got a cold, that's why my voice is gone, but the Leafs and the Orders were on this, this path that seemed like they both could have been exceptional teams where we stand today. And then we look at it, and as much as I hate to say it, the Leafs have fulfilled what they've promised, and Dubis is standing tall, he's doing what Eiserman's doing, he's saying, Nylander, I'm not going to pay you until you know until you you resettle down to where i want to pay you because i'm not going to overpay you shirelli's like oh i'm scared of upsetting dry saddle and i'm going to pay him i'm not saying serious gord he's way overpaid i'm just saying it's not like he's a steal of a deal he's not like pastor who's the steal of a deal you know and maybe nylander's going to come in as a steal of a deal or maybe they'll trade him for a defenseman and get a d that is decent but they, it, it doesn't even look like they're skipping a b without nylander here we are you know paying these guys all these tons of millions of dollars and the results, I know it's two games in, but, you know, like, come on. You know what I mean? Like, we, 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 I remember a couple of years ago, we are talking about how the orders aren't scared. Wrap it up, any, Mike. Wrap it up. You know, we're not scared. Of, we're not scared of losing against any teams. But now it's like, oh, well, we're, you know, all these playoff teams, we have to play really well to win. Like, what happened? You know? Like, all what's right. going on? Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. And also have Ron on the line. Hey, Ron. Hello. Yes. Um, well, I... I think that the Oilers just got back from Europe, and I don't like the idea of them going over there in the first place. And secondly, they got four days off, and they had not in game shape. And that young fella, that defenseman, I don't think they should keep him up here for too long. Send him back to juniors, and then maybe down to Bakersfield, and next year give him another try up there. But I think the Oilers are going to get it together. Once they get a few games, some more practices, then they should do a whole lot better this year. All right. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate it. 780-496-0063. Of course, they can't send Bouchard to Bakersfield this year well, until his junior season is over. That would be the only... Uh, the only uh, he's too young. Yeah, no, I, which, is, which is junior team again? Uh, London. London. Yeah, well, and they, they normally do not end early either. London usually goes quite a ways. Well, last year, they yeah, last year he was playing 35 minutes a game. because Yes. Because <laughs> that was a different, but they should be better this year. Okay, uh, so the Oilers lose 4-1. You can get more on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Stoffer will have uh, Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. I'll have inside sports from 6 to 8. I'll have uh, more Oilers chat preview of the Eskimos Red Blacks game as well. And the Oilers back at it Saturday morning, 9.30 face-off show game at 11 against... The Rangers, Rob. So what will your uh, couple focal points be? Well, I think find some offensive confidence. I, I don't think we've seen that in the two games thus far. I, I, I think that the Oilers are hoping instead of um, initiating. I think that you may see a bit of a, a shake-up in the lines because outside of McDavid's line, there's been nothing going on. So right now, this is a team lacking confidence. they got to find some, and they need to play a perfect game. They, don't, they can't take dumb penalties. they got to play smarter come, come Saturday. That is Rob Brown. Thanks also to our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. 4-1 Boston over the Oilers. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Osmond Auction Broadcast Centre. My name is Reed Wilkins. Really appreciate you tuning in. Have a great night. 